Nearly a decade ago, I found myself filling the hours by listening to podcasts while my husband, Brooks, was training with the U.S. Army. Walking the streets of our Army post, I dreamt of creating something for women that bridged that gap between sermon audio and small talk. It was on the floor of my tiny closet on post that that very dream, the Dream for the Journey Women podcast, came to fruition in June of 2017. And today, by God's grace, Journey Women is now a not-for-profit ministry with the aim of moving women to know and love God more. Our monthly and one-time givers help make our mission possible. If you'd like to support the work that we do, you can make a tax-deductible donation by visiting journeywomen.org forward slash give. Thank you for investing in the work of Journey Women. Welcome to the Journey Women Podcast. I'm your host, Hunter Bielis. Life's a journey we were never meant to walk alone. We all need friends along the way. On the Journey Women Podcast, we'll chat with mentors about gracefully navigating the seasons and challenges we face on our journeys to glorify God. Today, we're chatting with Kristen Getty, an award-winning singer-songwriter. Her voice is synonymous with hymns, having founded, along with her husband, Keith, the Getty Music Organization, which helps people learn the Bible through hymns to carry for life. Kristen performs annual shows at Carnegie Hall, the Kennedy Center, and the Grand Old Opry, where she leads the Sing Conference based on her book by the same name. She is particularly passionate about helping children and families learn their faith through song. Kristen and Keith are originally from Northern Ireland, as you'll hear, and they now live in Nashville, Tennessee with their four daughters. Today, we're talking about singing God's word and how our very lives ought to sing his praises. Kristen, welcome to the Journey Women podcast. Thank you so much for having me. Thrilled to be here. It's an absolute joy to talk to you. I was wondering before we started chatting if we were like on totally opposite sides of the globe chatting at entirely different hours of the day, but you are currently stateside. Is that right? Yeah, we're closer than you think. Yeah, we're down here in Nashville, <laughs> Tennessee, which is where we live mostly. Um, but my husband and I are both from Northern Ireland. And so sometimes you will find us over in that beautiful green isle. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Well, I have been doing a lot of personal study on Amy Carmichael, and I was oh, so yeah. surprised to see that she is has once lived in your hometown, Belfast. That's exactly right, Belfast, and then further on around the coast is where she grew up, and actually it was a thrill for us to bring, um, we were home last year during COVID, no touring, so we took the girls, we have four girls, um, home to Northern Ireland for most of the year, and tried to do as many field trips as we could, and we hope to do that year, and one of our big field trips was um, Amy Carmichael World, <laughs> so oh. we took them all around. We have a very good friend who's a, an artist and sculptor called Ross Wilson, and a number of years ago, he did a beautiful sculpture of Amy Carmichael as a young girl and it's in the town of Bangor just outside Belfast so we took the girls to visit that then we went to her hometown and we talked about her story and you know as a kid growing up in Northern Ireland my mum would have always told us that story she read that to us and, and we loved um, her work and who she was and yeah so it was good to share it with them. Yeah, that's absolutely wonderful. I am certainly sharing it with my girls as well and I would say you know, Kristen, I'm not meaning to toot your horn in any way whatsoever, but there's just certain people that God has blessed the church with, Amy Carmichael being one of them and yourself being another, um, where God has used you in a particular way uh, just to really bless the Big C Church. For those who don't know you, uh, you have written a number of modern day hymns that people will recognize that they probably sung in their churches. Mm -hmm. I think probably the most popular, would you say, is In Christ Alone? 
Yeah, and that was written a number of years, 20 years ago, in fact. I was like in high school and I'm like, has it really been that long? <laughs> and, I, and I was just out of high school, just a few years ago. Um, no, I, I met Kate Holman in Northern Ireland and, and we were writing songs together. And that was one that he wrote with Stuart Townend. And I remember doing the demo of it to um, older words that didn't stick with the song that um, Stuart wrote new words to it and recording it in my early 20s in Belfast. And it's just been incredible and um, where that has gone. And yes, it's 20 years this Easter. It was first sung in America. Wow. So um, yeah, it kind of believe that what happens now we travel sometimes we'll have you know people who are in their 20s or late teens maybe coming up to and said that that was my kindergarten song that year and I thought, <laughs> That's super, I'm so good. <laughs> um, but it is lovely that um I've sung that song more than any other song um and if you're gonna sing a song over and over and over again I've been a great privilege that that's been the one that I've been allowed to sing so much Oh, absolutely. And there are so many wonderful songs that you have led me to via the interwebs. I would say this. I don't think this is yours. Tell me mm. if it is. I should have looked this up before saying it. Don't worry about it. No. Uh, he Will Hold Me Fast. Did you guys write the modern rendition of that? So as our good friend, Matt Merker, so we published that song. So a number of years ago, um, we wanted to have more company in this um, hymn writing endeavor and founded like-minded people who we're um, writing hymns and they came along with us. And so actually just last week we had a writer's week here in our home in Nashville. So there was a 10 of us, different people writing hymns. And Matt is one of them. He also works on the conference that we do each year in Nashville, the Sing Conference. He's very much a part in producing that conference. And so he took those words, an old hymn by Ada Habersham, I think. I'm, okay. not, I'm not sure how long ago it was written, but long, long, long time ago. He'll find it in some of the old hymnals. And he took that beautiful text and rewrote it and wrote a melody to it, added a third verse. And it's just amazing how much um, how much good that song has done and bringing something old back again, giving it this freshness and how it still speaks today. I'm telling you what, now I could just go on and on and geek out about every single one of the songs that you sing, but I know not everyone knows all of the songs. So I would encourage those who are listening to go look you up on Spotify or Apple Music and you will find just a wealth of songs that will actually help you uh, to worship the Lord. Um, mm -hmm. And that uh, really is what I want to talk about today, worshiping the Lord through song. And I would love to hear, Kristen, how the Lord helps you just to kind of flesh out your theme theology or your understanding of who God is and your study of God in the way that you sing praise back to God through him writing and then just leading worship in various contexts. Mm -hmm. Well, I think it's, it's just right to consider and ponder just how powerful singing is, what it does in us and through us and how we need to take it so seriously, the privilege mm -hmm. that it is um, and how it helps us in our spiritual formation and actually how critical it is to our understanding mm -hmm. of the Lord um, and how that the language that we sing becomes the language that we pray and becomes the language that we use to share our faith and how we answer questions to our children. Um, it's actually critical and, and it's something that we all share. It is not just something that is for the people that are very good at singing or even the people that really love to sing, but actually God calls us, all of us, 
to sing. And it's a, it is a command in the scriptures to sing, and we have been created to sing. And of course, this wonderful gospel story compels us to sing. It is a beautiful thing that God has given us, a means by which we express our praise and, and just delight in the Lord and what he has done. And um, I think it's been, as a little girl, I loved loved to sing, grew up singing, and it was very much a part of, um, and for Keith as well, our um, understanding of the faith, our way to connect with the congregation, um, and our way, actually, because we were both into music, to use our gifts for the Lord in the context of church music. And so it's been all, all part of that. Um, and over the last 20 years of hymn writing, it has been just a very much a, a passion of ours to try and find the things that we should be singing about and then to sing of them in, in rich and deep ways and beautiful ways and not just things that are singable or sound right, but things that we want to sing that are attractive and warm to the heart and memorable. And the best of the hymns do all those things. They can be easily sung and they have these lyrics that not only explain our faith, but in this fresh and unique and beautiful way that really engages the imagination and the emotions and the mind and um, you know we know that passage in Ephesians 5 to be singing to one another letting the word of God dwell richly in yes. our in our minds and hearts as we sing to one another so it's, it's all part of it. our singing should be a way in which we let the word of God dwell in us richly Mm-hmm, absolutely. And I love how you mentioned singing God's word and what an opportunity it is mm-hmm. to actually remember and reflect upon the truths of the word as we sing them to one another and get to hear one another's voices collectively resounding these truths together. So why is it important that we do sing, like yeah. you mentioned, biblically rich songs yeah. about that revolve around the word of God? Okay, well, I think that authentic worship begins with an authentic understanding of the God of the Bible. It is not necessarily built on a, on a feeling or a groove mm-hmm. or my favorite song or everything all working to create the right experience, but actually authentic worship is our minds and hearts filled with who God is. Our worship comes as a response to the revelation of what God has done and said and what he has shared with us and enabled us to know and be part of as the body of Christ. And so if we're not singing deeply of the word, then we're not portraying this authentic view of of God. And then we're not, it's not actually truly wonderful, authentic worship Mm -hmm. if it's not. And I think at first our singing is very much a remembering because we are so forgetful. Mm -hmm. And that's what I love. You know, we had um, Phil Vischer, is it Phil Vischer, the guy who does Veggie Tales? Yes, that's him. Yes. I love how he talks about how music makes things sticky. Mm-hmm. And I think when we sing them, they, they stick to us in a, in a unique way that the spoken word doesn't or the written word doesn't. Mm-hmm. And and so when we sing, we remember things. And I know you have kids as well. It's just, uh, it never ceases to amaze me how when they sing something, they remember it so easy. This is not new stuff. This is, this is timeless age yes. stuff that we continue to benefit from and pass on and so we want to grasp the opportunity that singing is and so on a Sunday for example when we gather together and every we sing three or four songs we want to make sure those songs are the most worthwhile songs we could be singing because we know that what we are singing is going to be going traveling out the door with us in a way other parts of the the service may not and they become the soundtrack to our daily lives and so we want to make them so deep so rich so attractive so wonderful to sing so that we're building up our people, truly serving um, our congregation. 
Absolutely. My kids are currently obsessed with the Disney movie, which I shall not name because I know everyone has strong thoughts about different movies. But I was amazed just listening to my five and seven year old girls recounting every word of almost every song on the soundtrack. My kids are also very caught up in a particular Disney movie right now. <laughs> and I watched my three-year-old yesterday come in and interject with the lines. And I thought, that's just amazing. It is. They have such pliable brains. And that's part of what we've been talking about is rehearsing the truths of God together as families. And what an opportunity it is for us to do that through song, especially while their brains are so pliable, because it will be a gift that they continue to draw from for years to come. Mm-hmm. I am currently, Kristen, I'm incredibly humbled to tell you this, but we just moved here from New England. I told you that earlier. And in New England, our mutual friend, Anna Shaw, we went to the same church and we had very, very strict regulations revolving around the recent COVID pandemic. And so there was a period in which we were kind of under the residential kind of restrictions and we were unable to sing. Um, We had to hum instead of sing for a number of months due to the location where we were meeting. Mm. We moved here down south and we are now a part of a church plant. And Kristen, this is the humbling thing that I want to share. I have been asked to help lead worship. Not in my top 10 gifts, Kristen. Not (laughs) something that I would try and do in front of you in particular. Oh my goodness. But it was such an interesting thing to have made myself available to serve in the local context, to feel that insecurity of standing on stage and singing, and then to actually weep, like hearing the collective body of voices singing the truth. I'm sorry, I'm going to cry. Singing the the truth of God's word back to me. Mm -hmm. And I thought to myself, man, I wouldn't choose to sing on a stage, but praise God, we get to sing. So tell me, what's the value in getting to sing the truth? truths of God's word together in a corporate setting? Well, first of all, I would say that you're already an excellent worship leader because the job of the leader, lead singer, is to facilitate the congregation to sing. And actually, if it's a song everybody can sing, the job of the worship leader is very easy. Hmm. And, and I think whenever it's a more complicated song, that's when it's more complicated up front and can cause people to be insecure and weird yeah. unless the band's amazing. But then that's good in its own value. But the important thing that the holy act of us all singing together, the sound of worship is the sound of the church, mm. all singing together. And yes, it is, as we said before, it is, it is a remembering, it is a, as a reconnecting uh, uh, to what the gospel is and what it means in our life. It's a recommitting of our lives to what God's word has pointed us to, towards, like the whole refreshing. I remember being at a church, we used to live in Ohio, and one of the pastors got up one Sunday and before the worship service stood there and he said, and his prayer, never forgotten it was, Lord, it is with relief that we lift our eyes up to you. Hmm. And I've never forgot just that sort of that relief to turn our eyes away from ourselves and to not just look up to the Lord, which is our primary focus, but to turn our eyes away from ourselves to look at one another and to see that we are all in this together. This is the, the body of Christ saying these things. You know, I've come from my little week. You've come from yours. But thank the Lord that he gathers us in together wherever we are. And he is building this thing which is so much bigger and eternal and glorious, but still includes all of us. It's, a, it's an amazing thing. So I think the act of singing unifies us in extraordinary ways and connects us to one another as the body. And I think it is just such a simple, tangible way to do that. You know, when I think about it, 
it's just such a great way for the best way perhaps for us to express our unity is standing together singing our breaths following the same patterns that we're following the same melody our mouths tasting the same meal of words Mm -hmm. at the same time and it's just another little expression of us being around the table and connecting with one another and so I think finding those songs and filling them up with the word of God so that we can all face together is just so important you know when we read the scriptures yes there's things that reach us individually but there's so much of how we understand what it means to live the Christian life as an expression of community So I can't learn to be patient. I can't learn to be very patient or to understand goodness or understand forgiveness without you there to help me work that out, you know, and we we sing and we remind each other of that. Yeah, absolutely. Well, if you can't tell... I am an alto. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? I was as well, but 20 years of trying to sing in keys that bring lots of people in together has actually lifted my voice to the higher. Yeah. Wow. Things lower. And that's how I started learning how to sing harmonies so that I could sing with the congregation because we had many years when it was a lot of male worship leaders who seemed to all be tenors. <laughs> and I would be just scratching, trying to, you know, reach up there. And so, um, but yeah, it's funny. The more you sing, the better you become at it, I think. <laughs> I love that. And I also love how the different parts that we might sing, whether it be soprano, alto, mm-hmm. tenor, bass, all of those things are kind of a picture of what you were talking about in Christian community, where we all have a different part. And yet together, we experience the beauty of doing life together. We get to sound a lot better. It doesn't really sound that good when I, as an alto, sing like by myself. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Not yet. Give me 20 years. <laughs> <laughs> no, but and I think it gives you confidence because it is a congregational sign. There's a place for yeah. you. If you're by yourself, it's hard, you know, because we're not all meant to have a microphone in front of our mouths, but we're all meant to sing. And so the song and the context are so important in giving people confidence. Yeah, I agree. Life is crazy sometimes, and finding time to sit down and read the Bible can be difficult. That is why I love Dwell. When I can't find time to read the Bible, I can listen to it. The voices reading the Bible are soothing, they're not your normal narrators. Plus, you can choose calming background music and adjust the pace of the narrator's voice to get things just right. Dwell's newest release is called Dwell Daily, a fresh, thoughtfully crafted devotional that immerses you in the word, allowing you to pray it, meditate on it, and so much more. If you're looking to deepen your engagement with the Bible this year, Dwell Daily is worth checking out. I cannot recommend Dwell enough to help you orient your mind to the life-giving Word of God throughout your day. Go to dwellbible.com forward slash journeywomen to receive your 25% discount today. Again, that's dwellbible.com forward slash journeywomen for your 25% discount to subscribe and spend time in God's Word. Tell me about how you approach seasons in which maybe the words that you're singing don't come as easily. And I don't mean that you don't know the words. (laughs) Which happens. (laughs) Let me say, with the nerves working, wow, it's all too often. But I mean, maybe you're coming from a season in which the words are hard to say. How do you sing even when you don't feel like it? 
Mm. Well, I would just say that's why congregational singing is such a blessing because those moments when you are struggling, you have someone else who's singing with you and for you. And sometimes my singing, even if I don't feel like it, which is slightly different than struggling so much that I can't and there's a place when we do and we lament and it's hard to mouth the words but there are also so many more Sundays I would say when I maybe just don't feel like it or and all the emotions are connecting but part of the responsibility to turn up and to sing to help the person who can't and um, mm. to just continue doing it to keep going I my um, cousin um, passed away many years ago she was just in her early 20s she had um cancer in her brain and it was such a hard hard thing for our family particularly for my aunt and my uncle you know and I know for several years to sing was just agony because there's something about singing that just you know opens you up and makes you so raw you know I mean even a couple of weeks ago I was standing in church and there was a few things that were worrying to me and I was annoyed at myself over something and a particular song came up and I just find it so you know so so difficult and but then I also know there are people that sing through their pain as well so much of this we bring a personality to you know and and it can be difficult that occasion with my cousin is, is a very specific circumstance where I think it is very hard to sing and you lean on other people to help you so there's that side of it and there's the other side of just continuing to do it and um, even if you're not feeling even if it's hard but mm-hmm. what it does for you um this morning I did not want to have a quiet time. I had a rough day yesterday of just um, my three-year-old will just not sleep through the night. The minute. Oh, I'm in the same boat. <laughs> what I'm is just, it? I don't know what, and I'm just so tired. And at like three, you know, two o'clock this morning, she had her, she was kind of beside me and I was too tired to bring her to her own bed. I fell asleep. And the next thing she's just kicking me, moving me. Eventually I brought her up. I'm sitting on her bedroom floor at four in the morning going, this is going to be so hard tomorrow when I, you know, because you got to get up at 6.30 with the, the girls to get them out to school, all this stuff, you know. But I was just so emotional and so teary and so just, I don't know why I'm, you know, all the stuff. I'm sure you have days like this. Oh, absolutely. I hope you do. <laughs> <laughs> and then and I, th- I thought, right, this morning I need, to, I need to sit down in a chair. I'm going to put Talia, my youngest, she's going to sit and she's going to watch the show. And I'm going to sit here and I'm going to read yes. the word and I'm going to get my journal out. I'm just going to start again. There's not one part of me wants to sit in this chair right now. I'm so annoyed at myself I don't want to face it you know and I was reading Exodus 15 I think it was and doing the one-year Bible at the minute and I was just and passage I read so many times but about God providing them with manna and this idea I'm going to come going to send down what you need today yeah you need to go and you need to pick it up and you need to eat it and then tomorrow I'll meet you here again <laughs> you know because I woke up thinking I'm never like last night Keith came in from um who's at a meeting last night and I was just like emotional about I don't know how I'm gonna get four girls all the way to 18 we're not gonna be able to do it Keith I don't know what were, what were we thinking you know, I don't know how we're gonna do this and I was just, I was emotional about it. He's sort of looking at me going, oh my goodness, time to go to bed, I think. <laughs> and so it was just a reminder again today. And I know that this, I will link this to singing in a second, but just the idea of, of going sit, going down singing or reaching for the thing that God has given us. He's given us his word. He's given yes. us prayer. He's given us singing. He's given us lo- these basic things that never change, that are always there, that are have been used and to our benefit, to the benefit of the church over generations. We just have to keep stepping in. Mm. moving in receiving singing 
praying. Mm-hmm. Yeah, man, it's always amazing. I'm 41, nearly 42. It just and so I've been a believer since I was four years old, and it's just amazing to me. All these different things come and go, but there's these essential, basic things, and they just never change. These disciplines, mm-hmm. which continue to be hard, you have to work at. Yeah, they just never change. And I would say, as we read the word, as we pray, singing goes with those things, and we just have to keep on pressing in. Mm. I couldn't love that more. And, you know, this season for me, I'm coming out of mourning a loss as well. Many of the listeners know that last fall, unexpectedly, my dad was diagnosed with cancer and Mm. he died three weeks and one day after his diagnosis. Totally unexpected. He was 60 years old. And as you mentioned, singing both corporately and individually has been kind of a gateway to joy for me in this Mm -hmm. season. Like, Johnny Erickson Tata, I love how she talks about singing through suffering. That has never been more true. Oh, I'm sure. Have you had the, you've had the chance to sing with her, haven't you? Or am I remembering that? She first came to Belfast and I was maybe 13, 14 years old and she spoke at an event and she, like Amy Carmichael, she was one of those women that my mom pointed me towards and and then I got to meet her when we first moved to America so we've hung out many times over the years and she has um, spoke and sung at the sing conference and on tours with us and mm-hmm. um, I just there are a few I mean he is like Johnny Erickson Tata mm-hmm. we always talk about she's like in her own category but you're right mm-hmm. it's her it's her suffering mm-hmm. which has made her so mm-hmm. strong and her main weapon against mm-hmm. the darkness is to sing mm. And that's a question that I would love to address with you in regard to singing individually and then singing within our homes. What's yeah. the value? You know, we've talked about what it what it means to do that as a congregation together. Mm-hmm. But what's the value in doing that within the context of our homes and our families and also individually? Mm-hmm. Well, I think that I talk about the feast that we have when we get together on a Sunday. And I think throughout the week, we get to be part of preparing for that feast or developing the appetite for it. Mm. Um, and so a number of years ago, um, we started teaching a hymn a month to our kids. Um, and even though they're around a lot of music, because it's what we do, there comes a point where there's the sort of um, fills like the space around us, the music, but there's also those intentional moments. And we just realized we're really convicted that we weren't being as intentional. We were, you know, and I think both need to be there, you know, like a, having a plan, but also just letting it all be natural, you know, yeah. to your life. Um, and so we started a uh, hymn a month, I think when Eliza was mm. four years old, I think we started that and she's now nearly 11. And so that has been a real simple, tangible thing for us to do. And we're not like consistently every single night doing this but we generally I have one that we look at every month I will a few different times in the month chat to them about where it came from and how it's you know if it's an old wonderful story behind it and little devotional thoughts I will find out little words throughout the month and say you know what do you think that word you know what does omnipotent mean have you ever heard of that word let me explain that to you you know or what does it mean to have a thousand tongues? What do you think they're really saying there? You know, using it to springboard our conversations um, into spiritual things and biblical education for our children. But then one of the most exciting parts of it has been in our home church, the um, the children are in for the first like 10, 15 minutes, which mm-hmm. is just so great. I always, I'm so sad when a whole service week to week goes and we're in everyone's all apart dependent on age but having those moments when we can be together and their faces whenever it's a song that they know and I think it prepared they, they can sing scripture memorization songs and they'll do all sorts of scripture memorization in church and obviously these hymns have so much scripture in them but having um 
songs that are sung across the generations is such mm. a big thing. And that's what we felt so passionate about teaching them these songs that they could be, you know, part of what's going on Sunday to Sunday and could see how that Sunday to Sunday experience that's expressed by lots of people together then is also makes its way into the daily everyday experience of life. And that's been really, really amazing. And, you know, our three-year-old gets a little bit, she scratches the surface of some of these songs and our we, last month was Great As I Faithfulness. And so just a couple of nights ago with my two older girls, we sang through the whole song and I was so thrilled that they knew all the words, all the verses. And, and actually, He Will Hold Me Fast is our hymn of the month this month. And they know the chorus. We, I really want to go through some of those verses. Some of those lyrics are so rich. But the benefit of a hymn, and especially a multi-generational hymn, is that you can learn a little bit of it. And it's a long-term investment. That's what I love. And the Christmas carols particularly are wonderful examples of this, that they're so worthwhile teaching our kids because they're going to sing them. Every, you know their whole lives you know and I love that connection of learning these things now that will benefit them whenever they're older and we're not there mm. and mm. and um that to me is just so exciting that I can try what are the what are the things I want them to remember where are they and the songs that we sing let's learn those songs mm. okay so I have to ask you what are your favorite hymns do you have like a top three a t3 hymn list oh my god too hard to ask I mean I think some of my favorite ones are the ones that I have known since I was little, you know, because they connect to different stages of my life. Like a hymn like Great Is Thy Faithfulness. Yeah. I love that because I know my grandparents sang that song, particularly a couple of my grandparents that I didn't know very well. I died when I was young and I'm singing words. They walked that journey. They followed the Lord till they died and they knew his faithfulness. And I know my parents who are doing the same thing sung this song since they were little kids in there and now I'm singing it and then I'm looking at my you know 10 year old and there she's singing it and I it gives you such a sense of courage actually you know and that people before us and they carried these songs and now we're carrying them on it connects us to something bigger than ourselves and it gives us such confidence and and so I love that great faithfulness one of my favorites is when I survey the wondrous cross love that and we sang it to a different melody hmm. growing up we sang it to um when I survey the wondrous cross the English have a different version and I, we sang that a bit growing up and then the American one that we've sung a lot being over here and I just love 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 that melody and then there's the art that the words in the melody another song I'd say is the song called before the throne of God above I absolutely love that hymn so that was an old text and then Steve and Vicky cooked or Vicky cooked took it sovereign grace and they did a new melody and I just I think that that is one of those when Satan tempts me to despair and tells me of the guilt within, upward I look and see him there. He made an end to all my sin. Because the sinless Savior died, my sinful soul is counted free. Mm. For God the just is satisfied to look on him and pardon me. I mean, how deep and rich the poetry of that is just, it's so beautifully crafted. And it says so much. And yeah, I want that one at my funeral. Mm, <laughs> mm, mm. You're going to get me again. You know, when I was studying Amy Carmichael, one of the things I came to learn is that her point of salvation was actually reflecting on her mother's favorite hymn, Jesus Loves Me, one we all know. And yet yeah. we don't often sing subsequent verses. We know Jesus loves me, this I know, for the Bible tells me so. Yeah. And I think reflecting on the latter verses in the hymn was when she realized, oh, Jesus loves me, he who died, heaven's gate to open oh, wide. Right. He will yeah. wash away my sin. Let his little child come in. Yeah. Can you explain to us a little bit, those of us who are not as just well-versed with, what is it called? 
hymnody. (laughs) What the value is in not just singing the first verse, but you mentioned Mm. teaching your children subsequent verses of the hymn and how they build and how we might kind of catch a bigger vision. Maybe if we are wanting to rehearse and repeat these hymns ourselves so that we might hide them in our own hearts. Yeah. Well, I think there's value in learning any part, you know, so we shouldn't be discouraged if we go through a hymn and our kids only got verse one, you know, we'll come back to it another time. They will read the screens one day and they'll remember it in different ways, but teaching them the melody and the main idea, I think is so important. But yes, you know, one of the reasons we're doing, he will hold me fast. The girls know the chorus really well, but I want, I want to go a little bit deeper with those Mm -hmm. verses. And now they're a little bit older, you know, and can, can take a little bit more in with the older two definitely can and there's just so much to say and one of the things I love about um I mean there is no scientific definition between a hymn and a I don't know praise song you know that some of the philosophy or approach is perhaps what sets it apart and one of the basic approaches of a hymn is that there is an arc to this there's a story it's taking you somewhere it's building on an idea it's sort of a cohesive thing where each verse takes you to another place takes you to another place takes you to another place and so there's tremendous value in collecting those little pieces of the story together and taking kids all the way through, which is I mean, if you take in Christ alone, for example, in Christ alone, it sets up the key themes in verse one, and then verse two he takes you to the nativity, to Christ, the fullness of God and helpless babe, takes you to the cross or the resurrection in verse three, and then verse four pushes us forward. What does this mean for our life today, and where are we heading? And so it was intended to give that sort of gospel arch to people's experience of that song. And so it would, you know, be a shame to leave all of them out if that's the journey of the song. You know, I think of so many of the hymns. I was looking at all the there's so many hymnals here, and I was looking at the other day, and so many of traditional hymns they finish with some sort of doxology or at least like an eternity focus um, and lifting our minds to heaven. I would say Amazing Grace, well, that last verse was added after John Newton when we've been there 10,000 years, but it does give this sense of pushing us for this eternal framing to everything. A lot of them also have a Trinitarian final verse or refrain that just gives us sort of this bigger understanding of God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit, and how all those three parts of God's personality work together and bringing our salvation. And I think those be able to teach our kids those things are really great because then they're set to music and then they're learning them. And so um, a lot of more modern like choruses are, of course, is such an archaic word, I guess, but you know what I mean? Modern songs yeah. don't necessarily have that that arc to them. And so you can take a verse and, you know, it's fine on its own. I'm blabbing away here. I'm so sorry. No, don't be at all. <laughs> this is so fascinating. And I know so many people are going to find it uh, to be the same. And I'm really encouraged. I think with leading worship or helping to lead, I'm not the main singer, thankfully, but with helping to lead worship, I have realized how little I have committed some of the songs that I know and love to memory just because the words are always up in front of me. And it has been such a wonderful practice for me and for my kids because I have had to commit more of the songs to memory and I want to be doing that. And I also want to be singing in my heart, so to speak, Mm -hmm. not just singing with my mouth, but really singing with my whole self. So can you speak to that reality of also being able to worship the Lord with gladness, like to come into his presence with singing, not just with our voices, but also with our very lives? Mm-hmm. Well, I think our singing is, a, is an outpouring of our daily walk with the Lord. You know, it's very hard to sing with a full heart and focused on the Lord if you have spent a whole week not thinking about Him. 
but the more you are in the word and praying and in Christian community and just having all those little markers in your daily life which lift you up um, towards him then you will have a bigger, greater, deeper song to sing. Mm. Um, and I know that I can tell the difference in Sundays and I stand in church of how my week has been. But I will also say, especially to the younger you know, mums with young children, and just, it is so hard, and just getting your kids out the door on a Sunday. And so I would also say to not be so hard on yourself, you know, and the Lord knows and... Um, he has compassion on us and he knows how weak we are. And, and I, mean, I find it even on my best days to focus all the way through a whole song, particularly if I'm leading, because part of my worship to the Lord in leading a song is, is concentrating in more than just how I'm processing it, but actually facilitating everybody else to sing. And so I'm aware of, you know, that the, the arrangement of the song are the screens working and do people understand where I am. And that's as much an act of worship for me in that moment as it is me making sure that my, my brain is focused in every single line and um, I think singing good songs and songs that are full of the things that you believe in and understand about the Lord means that whatever you're doing you're saying things and singing things that you're right behind and you do agree with it's also very very important when it comes to the choosing of the songs and and um, the singing of them um, but as a little girl I remember going to a, a, an evening service at my at the, ch- the church we were attending at the time would have been maybe four or five and there's a lady that got up to sing and I remember listening and watching her and going oh I want to do that you know and um, I was so inspired by watching other people Mm. um, sing and wanting to do what they did and I happened to stand beside a mum and dad who always would sing out and even you know that they don't have amazing voices but they would always sing and so they normalized it for me they made it seem you know obviously it's like there's a there's a bigger benefit than brushing your teeth but that sort of that sort of sense of this is normal. This is what we do. It's like breathing. It's like brushing your teeth. It's like eating a meal. And I think part of what we can do is take away sort of this um, singing. It's so special. You have to be so amazing. If you can't go on American Idol, you're not really connecting to it. And if it's not this and if it's not that, and actually seeing it as actually singing is, is just meant to be for all of us. And we can all jump in on it. Let's not get too worried and nervous about it. Just sing. Just sing, sing as you're in the car and sing as you're putting the toast on in the morning. And when you get, you know, so I think that part of it is just making it feel like a normal expression of, of joy and um, affirmation and giving us words when we can't find the words. And um, that's sort of been my approach to it as much as I, I do vocal exercises most days and I want and I record and sing in a microphone. And so I am caring about how it sounds, but for my kids. And so I want them just to feel that singing is just part of what we do. And it's a gift. Mm, vocal exercises. I should try those. <laughs> in addition to vocal exercises and in addition, obviously, to the Spotify playlist uh, that you can find on the Gettys, you guys should search for it right now. What resources would you recommend for those who just want to grow in their practice of worshiping the Lord through song? Well, I'd say, first of all, is, is having that devotional life with the Lord, even if it, you don't get to study deeply every single day. In fact, I was talking to Anne Graham Lotz a few years ago. We were doing an event with her, and I was so 
I said, I just am not getting study every day. And Chris and I had little kids. I find that so hard. Find once, once a week, find a time, yeah. pull away. Don't, you know, do, do what you can, you know, don't, but don't let the fact you didn't do it today, put you off tomorrow and the next day, the next day, the next day. Every day is a brand new day. His mercy is new. The manna is there. Come and get it. And I think that is the first place that we go to when it comes to trying to understand having a singing life and being part of the church and equipping ourselves mm-hmm. um, for the for being part of the worship, the sung worship of the church. We have various different resources that people may like around the family hymn of the month. I do put up the lyric and the song links to listen to the song and Bible verses, the story behind the song, a devotional and a prayer focus and a missionary prayer focus. I put that up at the first day of every month. What? Is this on Instagram? It's just, it's online. Oh, it's online. Okay. I'm so excited about this, Kristen. (laughs) I don't know how I missed this because obviously I'm like in the top 10 fangirls, but this is great. You know, I sort of been quietly working on it for a while because I, yeah, just basically for my own kids. And then we put last year, I did one every month and now I'm into this year again. So he will hold me fast. If you go and you can, you can link on it in the bio and Instagram, but you can also just go to gettingmusic.com forward slash hymn of the month i think that's what this it is, is. God's providence i mean I it was, he will hold me fast i told you from the jump yeah there we go and that's this I'm month and, yeah so i had matt murka write a couple of a few lines on how he wrote the song and why and a little devotional and i use some photographs with the girls so there's that thank you for doing that i really want to say thank you because i you know we homeschool and i've actually yeah, been okay. looking for a resource like this to incorporate in our morning time because I'm really good at scripture memory and things like that. But like I said, leading worship has unveiled that hymns in my heart didn't last me very long <laughs> like yeah. I need oh goodness, to be I working on that. So thank you for creating that resource. Well, so it's the family hymn of the month. And then I also have like a little chalkboard just inside my kitchen. And every month I change it and have family hymn of the month at the top. And I have like the first verse and chorus in the month. And so that as they're walking out. And again, these are not things, I mean, I wish I could do it all the time and be consistent. And I hate to suggest another thing to do. Because no, inconsistent <laughs> Consistency, though, there's so much value in that. And as, as a mom, I've just had to just yes. keep on going. Well, today is a new day. Let's start again. Yes. Let's start again. Let's start again. Uh, everything from eating green beans all the way to trying to learn a hymn. You know, just start, <laughs> start again. Let's try again. That's what are you going to do? You know, we're not perfect in every day. And if you woke up during the night, suddenly it's 8 a.m. And you, you just, I mean, some mornings I get up and I've had a great night's sleep and I can sit down and have read my one year Bible before the kids even wake up. And other days I get to the end of the night and don't even get it done because I'm just, yeah. I can't get, I'm so tired. Yeah. You know, and and I want to do better and I want to be more disciplined because I realize the person that misses out the most when I don't get that done is actually me. And what, what that does to just take away, help me with my worries, help me with my fears, give me a perspective. I can tell when I haven't had strong enough devotional life because mm-hmm. I become so much more scared. I start chasing things for my kids, which are the secondary things. Mm-hmm. And um, I get annoyed at everybody. <laughs> so I need these things to refresh my brain, which is why singing, I think music music can be such low hanging yeah. fruit, you know, and that if you, if you're too tired, you can't sit down with the Bible, we'll sing it, you know, play it in the kitchen. Absolutely. You know, and that's as, as always helped me. But one of the things our church often does is they give the songs in advance and that's been a good thing, you know, learning through them and just being aware of what's coming up. And um, that's been really helpful. Uh, and then you know, having it used to be in, in years gone by and for some still that you would have your Bible and you'd have your hymnal. You'd have the mm-hmm. two together and they would they would both, you know, connect to each other and 
be part of the whole sort of daily devotional experience and and that's not something that we generally do very much now but um having that having a hymnal or other things that you can reach into because the the texts are so rich you know even if you're not singing it people have taken these deep ideas and dispelled in such a way that we can then take them in and remember them you know we we need the poets you know we need the songwriters to help give us yes. words to say to, to you know um, grow our imaginations appreciation understanding of the text um, and so yeah so that that's really really helpful and I don't know and how there I mean people have written so many different books on this and singing in the church I don't know how how much you want to go down that route um, the things I've mentioned are more sort of everyday sort of experiences absolutely so this is part of my little book, Read It, See It, Say It, Sing It. Mm-hmm. I just think the see it component for me is just seeing it there, like you mentioned with the chalkboard and then also the hymnal. And so as you were talking, I'm really good about setting our Bible and the kids Bible, the gospel storybook Bible and the world prayer book on our kitchen table the evening before so that it's ready for oh me. Oh my goodness, morning. that's such a great idea. And I'm going to yeah. add a hymnal. I'm adding a hymnal today. And the stack is going to be this high. And you know what? I do not care. Aesthetically, it is going to remind me uh, that there is so much value. And and I think my kids will think that's really fun. So that's one of my simple joys uh, is just getting to learn alongside them. I know from what you've said, that's one of yours as well in motherhood. But one of the questions that we ask every guest who comes on the Journey Women podcast, just so we can get to know you a little bit better personally, is what are three of your simple joys? Oh. Simple joys in God's word, right? Mm-hmm. Oh, it. simple joys in God's word or just generally, whichever you prefer. And I can't say chocolate. You can absolutely. Common <laughs> grace. <laughs> I honestly, I just am so grateful to the Lord for chocolate. I can't tell Yay. you how many times that it's just helped me through a moment. I love that. And- and having four children means that there's a constant supply of all sorts of things that you probably shouldn't eat past morning. But here I am. I oh, tell you, I had so a few M Ms after breakfast this morning, and they were wonderful. <laughs> anyway, so outside of China, I will say that uh, connected to the Bible things, I do love. Um, I love the one year Bible. I love mm. that, and I hadn't I did it a lot through my 20s a little bit my 30s when I had kids I found it hard to keep up with and I'm trying in this fresh decade to be more um more on that and actually last year I got to read the whole bible did I tell you that? yes that's part of how we got connected oh, okay Lauren, because you had read the bible and actually one of the girls in my small group she was telling me that she was listening to you read through Esther and we were all deliberating on how to say a hasherus and she's like you know I'm listening to Kristen Getty so I'm not quite sure <laughs> and I'm from Belfast. That doesn't mean it's right either. It was such a funny thing. There's so many different names. You know, like I grew up, I grew up saying Isaiah. The yeah. Americans say Isaiah. I, went, I grew up saying um, Habakkuk. Well, it's Habakkuk. Yes. And so we got to the point where I did the best I could. And then I just, I think when people think, is that right? Just imagine, well, maybe that's how they say it in Ireland. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I, that's exactly what I said. I was like, she can say it with so much confidence because we're all going to be like, yeah, that's just, that's it. <laughs> I think I for sure got a couple of them wrong. But, uh, you know, but what is wrong when it comes to the pronunciation of pronunciation? <laughs> Anyways, um, uh, but just as, I just wanted to say, just having that sense of the big story yes. is such a relief to me. And yeah. you know, so, so quickly do we take little pieces of it. And, but even just, I love every January, sit down, you read through Genesis and you're like, oh my gosh, mm-hmm. people make such a mess of their lives. And it's so mm-hmm. crazy, all this stuff. And that there's God faithfully working through this glorious,
biggest plan um, for us all. And it just gives me such peace and confidence and um, a way in. Mm. <laughs> and I, I've, I've just loved that sort of big picture that that's been such a big joy and a significant part for me I am love I have such a joy in having been able to make a new home over here Mm. and what that has meant to understanding what really is our home and I've gone back and forward a little bit on this you know because we went home last year for the whole year and there was a moment several moments actually when we, Keith and I looked at each other and thought, gosh, this just fits so much. You know, what are we doing? You know, it's so hard to, to be away. I mean, we love living in the States and this has been our home. We're so grateful for it and so many friends and our church and everything. But the place that you're from, you know, where you learn to walk, where you went to yeah. school, where, you know, all those different things, that it's, you can't recreate those first years of your life, you know, and there was just such an ease in being back home. It was so hard. But that being said, we have a strong sense and calling of being here for now and that's where we're here but just to un- it has opened up my whole understanding of what that is and connecting with believers over here that may be a little different you know to myself but they are my family because of who we are in Christ that I am as at a funeral just a few weeks ago and I was watching the family gather at the front and I had this sense you know you're talking about your dad again there it came to my mind again I've had so many years away from my family 17 18 years and I you know I hope that I'm there when they pass on I get to see them every year and I'm so glad but there's there's a wee sense of loss and having been away but that great sense of this is not actually our real home and that that God will make up for those years and yeah. I'm grateful that my family are believers and so you know mum and I will sometimes talk and say well you know what you know in a hundred years mm. time none of us will be here and we'll all be home you know and, and you know we'll have all that time but right now you got to do what you have to do and I've got to do what I have to do and I so that, that's a whole big but that that sort of joy of what home is and having being an immigrant in a strange mm-hmm. land and and trying to find my way here and I've been so grateful for that deep understanding and Music has helped that a lot and just connecting with the family of God here and having a bigger sense of home. That has been such a necessary joy for me because of the little sorrows involved in being away from home. Yeah, absolutely. Well, so much of that resonates with me. And I know so much of that will also resonate with the transient demographic that we have listening to us from all over the world. You truly are one of those journey women that I am just so honored to get to talk to because of the way that you look to Jesus with hope, even in your present suffering. And I am just so grateful uh, that you have helped us in such a way as to sing gladly to the Lord in the midst of whatever respective suffering that I'm facing and the listeners are facing. Thank you so much for joining us on the Journey Women podcast. It's been an absolute joy to have you on the show. Thank you so, so much for having me. I've loved this conversation. I have a little postcard at my kitchen sink and it's a C.S. Lewis quote and it says, there are far, far greater things ahead than anything we leave behind. And that has been our our singing, our life, our walk with our children are always Mm. pushing us forward on the journey and our destination. I think it's so important. It gives us such hope for today and such purpose. Amen. We pray that this conversation with Kristen causes you to consider how you might be able to praise the Lord through song today. If you need some help doing that, let me encourage you to check out our Journey Woman Spotify playlists. You can find them at the resources page on our website or simply search for Journey Women Jams on Spotify. 
Hey, we recorded this conversation as part of our current series, Knowing and Loving the Bible. If you're loving this series as much as I am, we would love it if you would hit subscribe and come back next week. And if you're looking for more ways to know and love the Bible, my kids book that I mentioned releases tomorrow and it's designed to do just that. You can check it out on hunterbelis.com or find it by searching for Read It, See It, Say It, Sing It, Knowing and Loving the Bible, wherever books are sold. This episode was edited and sound designed by the team at Sound On Studios. You can find out more about their work at soundonsoundoff.com. We are so grateful for them and for you. Can't wait to see you here next Monday. Have a great week. Have a great week.